turn around the other side. He's going to be, on, remember, he's supposed to be on the edge. There you go. All right, so today we're talking about David and Goliath. <clears throat> Let me explain to you why, well, you probably know why I picked these two. First of all, Joey is handsome and ruddy, just like David, right? And short. But the kid can ball. I can tell you right now, the kid can ball. For those of you that are over 40, that means he can play basketball. So, Jamal is six foot forever, strong as an ox, and when he plays ball, I'm afraid to go anywhere near him. Joey's not. Right? Like last Wednesday, you took him to the cup, didn't you? Yeah, you took him to the cup in reverse. So, but basically, when it comes, if Jamal's in the other team, I got to make sure Joey's on my team because he's the only one that's fearless enough to go in. Because let me tell you something, have you, have you, if you have not been hit by the Goliath of basketball, you have not been hit. So today we're talking about David and Goliath and about how David defeated Goliath. So you guys can go sit down. So why don't you just show him a little bit? Push him. Give him a hand. Uh, they're both great kids. Love them both. Now, we want to talk about a giant mess when we talk about David and Goliath. And the important thing for us to remember as we talk about this life of David, remember the most important thing is the fact that Jesus was supposed to be in the line of David. He had to have a claim to the throne as king because the Lamb of God also had to be a king. And there are lots of verses, not just a few, that explain that. I've picked out a couple of my favorites that we're going to look at here in just a minute. The first one is Isaiah chapter 9, 6 and 7. This is a very familiar one. We think of it as a Christmas verse, but in reality, it's a Davidic promise, a promise that God made to David. Listen carefully. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulder, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the increase of the government and the peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. You see there, it's very clear that the prophecy of Christ in Isaiah was tied directly to the throne of David. There's another verse in Revelation 22:16. This is the actual words of Christ himself. I, Jesus, have sent my angels to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. So it's pivotal for you to understand for Christ's work on the cross to work, one of the requirements for the Lamb of God to be sufficient was that he was from the line of God's chosen king. If that doesn't happen, then Christ's death is not good enough. That's just a fact. It was prophesied that he would have to be from the line of David. So all throughout David's life, you can understand how the forces of darkness and the forces of evil were trained in and tuned in on this young shepherd boy. Because that is the real story right here. 
The real point of the story we're looking at today is not how to, you know, there's a lot of great applications for the story of David and Goliath, how to slay giants in your life and all. But in reality, the real point of the story is this. Satan hates David and wants him dead. Satan hates David. Satan hates the fact that from this line of David, there is going to be born a king who will die for his people, destroy darkness, destroy sin, destroy death, destroy him. Matter of fact, it was prophesied in Genesis. He shall crush your head. You shall bruise his heel. And so you see how this works. And so Satan thinks, if I can get rid of David... I can get rid of the chosen line, then I won't have to worry about Jesus. The powers of darkness hate, guys, listen, it's important. The powers of darkness hate God's plan of redemption. They hate the drama of redemption that we've been talking about since I got here. You guys have heard me use that phrase probably a hundred times. They hate the story that's unfolding before them. They hate the fact that many years ago, Christ died specifically for you. They hate the fact that the day that you came to Christ, it was another example of God's plan of redemption coming to reality. They hated it. The forces of darkness hate redemption. They despise it. They want to destroy it. They want to thwart it. They want to shut it down at every turn. And this right here is a pinnacle of one of those moments. This story. A couple of verses for you. I'm going to read to them. Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the evil one. If we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. That's pretty graphic, isn't it? You don't wrestle against Goliath. You wrestle against forces of darkness. 1 Peter 5, verses 8-11. through 11. Be sober-minded. Be vigilant, be watchful. Your enemy, the evil one, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after that, you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So clearly, I've laid out for you the theology, the doctrine of the fact that there are forces of darkness, forces of evil, and flesh and blood is not really our battle. Do we understand that? It's, it's greater than that. It's spiritual. And so the focus really isn't on the fact that we have these daily failings in our life. Yes, there's sin. And yes, that's what Christ came to rescue us from. But our focus can't be on the actual day-to-day failures. The focus needs to be on the real war. We're going to learn in David's life, he had tons of failures. Huge. He failed sinfully more than many of you will ever even dream of in your life. But yet he was God's chosen, a heart after God, 
and God protected him. So, let's talk about the story a little bit. So what's happened here? The Philistines have come against the Jews. They're in a battle and there's, the Jews are on one mountain, the Philistines are on another, and there's a valley in the middle where all the bloodbath is going to take place. Now, and they've been there for a long time. The scripture says it's almost like two months. Right? And so what happens is Goliath is big. And he frightens the whole army. He comes out every day. He says, send me somebody. Send me your champion. We'll just boil it down to one person. Me and him. Let's go. Bring it on. That's what I thought. You guys are all afraid. I curse your God. This God you say is so great. Your, your God can't even beat me. Every day he talks smack. Every day he's talking trash. Every day he's insulting. Every day he says, you guys, you can't even fight one person. Can you imagine what you're doing against the whole army of us? Come on, bring it on. Your God sucks. That's basically what he says. I spit in the face of your God. Your God ain't nothing. I'm something. David's brothers are at the battle. His oldest brothers. Now what would happen is during this 40 days or so, David would go back and forth and he would see what's going on. He'd come back and what would he do when he came back? He'd tend to the sheep. And he had an assistant, but he'd make sure everything was fine. Didn't want to lose the sheep. Make sure they're fed. Make sure they're protected from bears and lions and, and all that stuff. Then he'd go back and he's going back and forth. David is very interested in this battle. <clears throat> David could have easily stayed with the sheep. But he kept going back and forth. Then one day... David's dad comes to him and says, listen, David, I want you to run an errand for me. I want you to take this food to your brothers, take this gift to, to your brother's commanders, and just go and take, the, take it to him. And so he goes, and for some reason, for 40 days, he had been missing the daily rant that Goliath went on. For every day, he went out there 40 days and he had missed it. This day, he brought the food, and he happened to be there when Goliath came out and started saying, hey, your God sucks. I can beat your God. Your God ain't nothing. You guys are scared. You guys are wimps. You're sissies. Bring it on. Ah, that's what I thought. Ha ha, laugh and go back to his camp. Every day he did it for 40 days. David hears it for the first time. <clears throat> and David goes to his brothers and to all the armies of Israel. Yo, don't put up with that garbage. Who does this guy think he is? He can't talk about our God that way. You got to take him out. And his brothers say, shut up, David, you're too young. Then David goes to Saul, Saul, listen, I can handle this guy. Saul says, David, you're too young. You're small. You're not going to be able to do it. Then David says, no, no, let me tell you something. When I was younger than this, I'd be watching the sheep, and these bears and lions would come all the time to try to steal my sheep and eat them. I'd kill them every time. If I can kill a bear, if I can kill a lion, I can kill this bozo. And then Saul says, all right, look, we'll give you a shot. I'm going to give you my armor. And I'm going to give you my sword. So, you know, David puts it all on. He's got the armor. He's got the sword. And he says, no offense, king. I don't trust this stuff. And he takes the armor off. And he lays the sword down. He says, I haven't tested this in battle. I know how to, I know how to fight with all this armor. I don't need it. I'm better off without the armor. So let's pick up the story there. I'm going to pick it up in 1 Samuel 17, 
45 to 58. I'm just going to read this story to you. And you guys listen carefully. It says, David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you. And so David's talking smack now. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you down. I'll cut off your head. I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with the sword and not with the spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, and slung it and struck the big giant right in his head. The stone sank into his forehead. He fell on his face to the ground. And David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. He struck him dead, and there was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and stood over Goliath, took out his sword, killed him, cut off the head, and rose up with a shout. When the Philistines saw this, okay, I I was going to insert some commentary there, but I decided not to because it's Sunday morning. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they were afraid. And the men of Israel and Judah rose up with a shout and pursued the Philistine as far as they could. And the wounded Philistines fell on the way. And it says for about 30 miles there were wounded Philistines falling down all over the place. And the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines. They plundered the Philistine camp. David took the head of the Philistine, brought it to Jerusalem, and put his armor in his tent. And as soon as Saul saw David go out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, his general... Who is this kid? And Abner says, As your soul lives, O king, I don't know. And the king said, Find out whose boy this is. As soon as David returned from striking down the Philistines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul and the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, Whose son are you? And David said, I am the son of your servant Jesse in Bethlehem. Now, guys, you understand something? Yes, it's an amazing, dramatic story. Yes, it'd make great television. Yes, it'd make a great movie. Yes, we love hearing about it. And if those of you who've been in church at all when you were a kid, you've heard the story many times. But this story is not about how great David was. It's about how great God is. And how nothing can derail His sovereign grace and favor once that grace is applied. You understand the enemy had been trying to kill David for years. Goliath was just another chance. Bears and lions? Come on. How how many shepherds do you really think had to put up with bears and lions? Here's what David said in verse 37 when Saul said, "Are you sure you can do this?" Here's what David says. "The Lord delivered me out of the paw of bears and lions. He will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine." And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Do you understand? Satan has been trying to kill David since he was a little kid. And every time, because of God's grace, it's stymied. So this story is about how great God is. I'm going to read you a passage. 
John 10, 27 to 30. Listen to this. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. You hear what that passage says? The same God that David said would deliver him from the bear and the lion and Goliath and later on Saul and armies of other nations. Where did David know where his confidence came from? He knew the hand of God would deliver him every time. That same God, that same hand is what has you, what has your salvation. He holds you. He says here, no one can snatch them out of my hand. You can't even snatch you out of his hand. My father has given them to me. He is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them. I am the father are one. And so this concept of God's sovereign power, the fact that God had chosen David to be king, even though the enemy hated him, the enemy would array attacks against David from, from the very beginning of his life all the way to the end. And David says, he delivered me out of the bear's paw, out of the lion's paw, he's going to deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And that same God that delivered David, not because of David being such a great guy, it's because God is powerful. God is strong. God, God, listen, if you're a child of God, he has you in his hand. Yes, you might have pain. Yes, you might have struggle. Matter of fact, the scripture we had earlier said that, didn't it? It said, and after we have suffered for a while, he will finish what he started. Remember that passage we read? You might suffer for a while, but then he's going to finish his redemption. He's going to confirm it. He's going to bring you into glory. You know what's tragic? What I think is tragic. As Christians, I'm talking about those of us who know God, right? We hear this story and we think about how great it is. But you know what the application we seem to miss so many times David did not have any more of the power of a God than you do. When God saved you, when God chose David, what happened? The Spirit overcame him, right? That same Spirit filled you when God saved you. When God transformed your heart, when God transformed your life, that same Spirit that gave David power has given you power. That same God who delivered David from the paw of the bear and the paw of the lion and the paw of the smelly giant that same God has you in his hands and no one can pluck you out. No one. I don't care how big the giants are in your life. If God has saved you, no one can pluck you out of his hand because he and the Father are what? One. From my journal in 1999 when I was studying this this whole story for my own personal spiritual development and growth. I need to confidently swim and bask in the empowering trust that God has called me to my ministry. I have the authority and favor of God regardless of what others say or what the enemy might do to derail my calling. That is not a trust in my ability for my tools are no more impressive than five small stones. But I will have unwavering trust in God's ability to carry out his plan. You know why Goliath died? Because God's plan never fails. 
His sovereign grace is never derailed. Doesn't matter what David heard Goliath say. Doesn't matter what Goliath might have done to David. It's irrelevant. And when I wrote this in my journal, what I was going through, it was a time of transition in my life in ministry. I shared it with you guys the first week. Remember, we talked about this Life of David series. And I shared with you the story that I heard from my seminary professor who said I had no business in ministry. And I told you they were 100% right. Remember that? But it was irrelevant, wasn't it? God says, yeah, you're right. You're not good enough. Doesn't matter. I'll deliver you out of the hand of the enemy. I'll save you. I'll transform you. I'll empower you. And I'll use you. David didn't kill Goliath because he was so great. God worked in spite of David to kill Goliath. And the same God that killed Goliath is the one that has you, has us as a church in his hand. Nobody can take you out of it. Your salvation is secure. It's strong. It's locked in. Because that same spirit has filled you and you've got nothing to fear. Perfect love casts out fear. I'm going to finish by rereading. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. You may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers overseeing this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And then this one. Be sober. Be watchful. Because your enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who may devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brothers all throughout the world. After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever.